and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What's going on, guys? You are tuning in to the newest episode of Tuesday Touchback, part of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin, and here, as always, with the only co-host that matters when we're talking about co-hosts. Soup, what's going on? Uh, Mark Sanchez is back. Mark Sanchez has some NFL action. Uh, first play on the field, 90-yard touchdown. Adrian Peterson's legs. Uh, but, you know, no. Uh, Adam Schefter said it. He tweeted it out. Nobody hands the ball off like Mark Sanchez. So, yeah, Colt McCoy went down. Um, I mean, is it that big of a downgrade? I don't know. But the fact that Mark Sanchez is playing football in 2018 is funny to me. Well, I'm, normally I'm not one that to, 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 that goes into this realm of argument about things. Um, but you cannot convince me that there is not a spot in the league for Tim Tebow and Colin Kaepernick if Mark Sanchez is still in the league. Colin Kaepernick, yes, should be playing over Mark Sanchez. I, I'm not a Tim Tebow believer. I know, you know, he won the He's playoff the game. Athlete of all time, right? Yeah, good. We're not going to do this. Uh, I know he won the playoff game against the Steelers, but Tim Tebow is not an NFL quarterback. Um, Kyler Murray, on the other hand, could be. Um, He's got a good arm. Haskins looked real good this weekend. Uh, Jake Fromm looked very good. Justin Fields, on the other hand, did not. Um, the only person that looked worse in that Georgia game than Justin Fields was Kirby smart. Um, but I'm not going to get in my feelings right now. Um, no, 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 I'm not. We'll talk about college football. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. But right now I'm not going to get into my feelings about Kirby smart. Um, yeah. So this was championship weekend and as much as it pains me to say it, I think the committee got it right by putting Oklahoma in. Do I think Georgia is a better football team? Yes, I do. I think they proved that in their game against Alabama. But Oklahoma avenged their only loss of the season. They won their conference championship. They have the Heisman winner. Yes, I'm saying it now. Kyler Murray's at a minus 160 to win the Heisman. I think Kyler Murray is the Heisman winner. Uh, Tua looked bad, and then Tua got hurt. Um, our Haskins Heisman future, I believe is dead. <clears throat> if they didn't lose to Purdue, if they would have went undefeated, Haskins wins the Heisman hands down right. 40, 47 touchdowns that that's winning you the Heisman, but they did get throttled by Purdue on national TV. Not his fault. He had a, I think he threw for like 450 yards and two touchdowns in that game, but your, your team gets factored into it. Um, yeah, all, all, uh, we went out of the eight championship games we picked. We went five and three, 
and I would say th- all three that we lost. We were winning up until about the last damn minute. So right, um, yeah, um, Buffalo blowing that lead, uh, Boise missing two field goals and an extra point. Um, Memphis. Oh, and Memphis blowing a seventeen point lead against UCF. Yeah, yeah. so. Like we hit on the Oklahoma, we hit on the Ohio State, we hit the under on the Georgia Bama. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we did well on championship weekend, but yeah, just three unfortunate blown games by the three teams that we picked. Yeah. Um, also, I was very wrong on the uh, Kamara Usman Dos Nachos fight. Uh, Usman. Let me put this way. Usman has the makings of a future champion in the UFC for sure. He has the skill set. Uh, he, he, has, he just has no finishing instinct, and that drives me nuts. Uh, I think he could have gotten Dos Anjos out of there about 11 different times and just, I don't know, just he seemed compelled to beat Dos Anjos up for 25 minutes than he was to actually go out there and finish the fight. So we, we missed that. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about, I mean, and I, I think it's outside of college football, what everybody's talking about. And you and I haven't had a chance to really reflect back on it since Saturday night. The great debate right now, uh, was Tyson Fury robbed? Uh, I would like to know your uh, position. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, Wilder had two 10-8 rounds with the knockdown with the knockdowns um, you can argue that he won the second round, but I at, at worst at absolute worst Tyson Fury took eight out of the 12 rounds. You can give, you can give Wilder the second round, his two knockdown rounds and maybe make an argument for him somewhere. And I don't know, maybe the 11th round with a little flurry at the end of the 11th round. But um yeah, at worst, you're 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 putting Tyson Fury at eight out of the twelve rounds, and l- unless you're scoring those knockdowns ten six, then yes, he won that fight. The fact that one of the judges gave it to I, that was garbage. And I don't know who gave. I mean, who gave? I don't know. I, I didn't look and see who the judge was that gave it to Wilder. But that, you know, I would be okay with a majority draw. Like if they just said majority draw, whatever, I'd still think that they had it wrong. It is what it is, but to have it be like a split draw, right. where one one guy actually had that fight for Wilder. What? What? Where were you at? Yeah. What were you watching? You know. And sh- shout out to the Gypsy King. Um, I don't know if you if you saw this, but he took his eight million dollars and uh, donated every single penny. Did he really? Yes, he donated every single penny penny to local uh, homeless shelters. So big ups to him, man. That's man awesome. Yeah, yeah, seriously, that's good stuff. Uh, Deontay Wilder probably took his nine million and went and bought some ridiculous watch and some gay ass face mask he's going to wear to his next fight. He's really got a. Di- he's he, the problem with guys like Deontay Wilder is that he doesn't have enough people in his life that love him enough to tell him that he looks stupid. That weird diamond crusted uh, peacock. Raven thing looking like Maleficent. I, I don't know what that was. And, you know, may, maybe he's good with his money. I don't know. I don't, I can't imagine that he is just by the way, he, you know, that he conducts himself. Maybe he is, but I, I'm, I feel like 
he was probably dumb enough to get that mask and crown combo made using actual like diamonds or gems of some sort. Yeah, he like, looked le- like, like, like legitimate. He he looked like a like a ghetto character out of an Edgar Allan Poe poem. Yeah, like, I don't I don't get f- it. He looked stupid as shit. Um, and then you know he looked every bit the brawler and not the non boxer. Um, Fury came out and put on a, a Tyson Fury performance. He didn't get him out of there. He, he, he didn't even really hurt Wilder at any point in the fight. I don't think he landed a couple clean straights, but he didn't. I don't think he ever had like the, Ortiz had Wilder in all sorts of trouble right before Wilder came out and knocked him out. Uh, I don't think that Wilder was ever in trouble in that fight. Maybe Gas Tank and his heart was hurt a little bit, but I don't think from a uh, from a f- physical standpoint he was ever hurt in that fight obviously fury was um you know the first down he got clipped behind the ear which you know that's that's a big thing for throwing you know the the equilibrium off i want to talk to you about the second knockdown though because there's videos going on or going around online with the 10 count do you think do you think that count was slow Oh, absolutely. I do think it was a slow count, uh, but you have to give your credit to Tyson Fury for doing his best Mark Calloway impression. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Mark Calloway is, he is better known as The Undertaker. And that was like vintage WrestleMania Undertaker, eyes rolled back in his head, and the six on the six count hits, and his eyes open, he sits up, and he's just, you know, he's back. Yeah. Um, that was, I mean, we were, we were talking, watching the fight together. Um, obviously in different states, but we were talking over Xbox as the fight was happening and he caught him and I got up. It's, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. My daughter's upstairs sleeping and I am screaming at the lowest volume possible, you know, cause we obviously took inside the distance and I thought that it was over. And when he sat up, man, it was like the life was sucked out of me. It's like, yeah. he took, he took the life out of me and put it back into his body to stand up and finish that fight. But yes, I do think it was a uh, an extremely slow ten count. So two two veteran tricks that that Fury did for both of those uh, knockdowns. One, he got up, and as soon as he got up, he grabbed the hold of the ref, which delays the ref, you know, one two seconds to react. And then, short, as soon as the ref like knocks his hands off, he walks away because the ref needs to bring you back over look at you, wipe your gloves, you know, make sure your eyes are where they need to be and before they let the fight continue. Tyson Fury, even though that was a slow 10 count, was able to add like another five or six seconds onto that just by just by employing those two those two techniques both times he got nine out. The other thing too is that Wilder showed no um you look at his fight against Bermain Stiver and you look at his fight against Ortiz or any of these other guys um, that who are, was that Russian dude, Sapola or Sapolka or whatever his name is. He had him hurt. And then he come, he comes running across the ring and tries to get you out of there and a little bit more work. And he could have got fury out of there. However, he did not come back and attack him as if he was a wounded, a wounded animal. He, uh, he just, he sort of like let him get himself back in the fight, which I didn't understand. I well, expected I- way more. I think after the first knockdown, 
I think uh, I think Wilder completely gassed himself because he did he did jump on him after the first knockdown and try and get him out of there, and he he punched himself out, and it actually ended up being at the end uh, of that round, it actually turned to where Wilder was the one you know hanging on to Fury trying to stop Fury from jabbing him. He completely punched himself out, and I think come the twelfth round, I think he threw everything in him with that left, and uh, after Fury got up, it was just, you know, Wilder was in so much shock. I think he just, I think he had nothing left in him. I think he was just yep. gassed mentally and physically. Yeah, I think so. All right, so we had two UFC events this weekend as well. Ultimate Fighter finale, like we talked about, Usman uh, beat Dos Anjos, and then you had the. Uh, UFC Adelaide card, where the big three, Mark Hunt, Tyson Pedro, and Ty Tuivasa, all lost um, in rather convincing fashion. So what does that do for the strength of the brand, if you will, when you set up a card like that where it's all hometown favorites and guys that are you know fan favorites as well, um, and they go in there and they just – it was a whole night of losing. I, I mean, what? where does the UFC go from here as far as events in Australia? Yeah. Um, if So if, if Ty Tuovasa and Pedro would have lost to, you know, not UFC legends, uh, you know, if they, were, if they were just throwing cupcake fights, I know Shogun's at the end of his career and Junior Dos Santos is – you know, his body's just broken down and he's punch drunk. And, but if they would have lost to lesser opponents, I would say it had, it would have a lot bigger of a factor, but the fact that they did lose to two guys um, that can make an argument for the UFC hall of fame, I don't think it's that bad. And Mark hunt, that was unfortunate. I know you were cheering for him. I know in the first round uh, you said he threw a kick uh, to the knee and it looked like he just had bones sticking out of his foot the rest of the fight. Um, but yeah, his, his foot was just blown all the way open. I don't know what I, – I mean, as hard as he kicks and as hard as a knee is, I mean, I guess it split the skin. But I didn't see anything post-fight post, post fight where he was saying that his foot was broken. But honestly, I think that it didn't look like – it hasn't looked for a while now like Mark Hunt wants to fight anymore. I know I watched I, watching him walk out. It didn't even look like he wanted the fight. Right. Um, the the haka uh, was cool. The, that was that was you know an interesting thing to walk out to. But um, yeah, he just looked. It just looked like he was there. You know what I mean? He didn't yeah. have fire in his eyes. It was just like a, uh, here's another fight. Let's just get it. Done. Let's get it over with. Right, because nobody's ever making the argument that Justin Willis should be somebody that Mark Hunt should fear. Um, but this this current iteration of Mark Hunt that is existing and, and living in the in the fight landscape just does not appear to want to fight. Uh, you know, and maybe it's just he doesn't want to fight in the UFC because you know obviously he's gone. Uh, but I don't know, dude. It's just I'm. The, the Alexio Linick fight, he seemed like he had a little bit more gas in the tank for that, but then got caught, and that was the end of that. So I don't know, man. I, he said, I'll see you someplace else, which indicates that he's probably going to fight again somewhere else. And I think that Ryzen, 
uh, or one is probably where he's going to end up. Someplace in Asia, uh, Mark Hunt and figures like him have always been huge uh, in Asia. In Asia, and uh, I think that they'll pay him a lot of money just to show up and, and knock out, you know, Korean tomato cans. So we'll see what happens. I'm not. I was just disappointed, you know, being a, being a huge Mark Hunt fan. It's you hate to see one of your guys, you know. I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's riding off into the sunset, but I hate to see hate to see a guy, you know, ride off into the sunset like that. It, that was that was just a piss poor performance. He didn't seem like he wanted to be in there. So, well, I mean, we've got full we've got full slates of stuff coming up. You know, the the the. Uh, Talk about some wins. Talk about some losses. I suffered a a big loss this weekend. Um, in addition, in that I am the sole owner of last place in our fantasy football league. Yes, sir. Yes, you are. Oh <laughs> man, is that sweet? And uh, I'm sitting in the two seed with the first round bye um, with Todd Gurley on my team. So that's always a positive. Uh, I'll tell you one thing: if he pulls this shit where he runs it down to you know the half yard line and goes down one more time now that it's fantasy playoffs um I'm going to lose my mind this is the second time he's done it this year luckily he wasn't uh, you know there was more time on the clock in this game so they still had to run the ball and he ended up running it in anyways but um yeah Todd Gurley you need to stop that uh just run it in man you you literally have a chance to break well you did uh before you barely touched the ball against the Chiefs and um, but he 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 was on pace to break Ladanian Tomlinson's touchdown record in a season. Yeah. Um, and I get it. No, like, good for him, dude. He's putting, you know, the team over his personal stats. Um, but when you're already up nine points, scoring a touchdown with a minute thirty left, uh, that's really not going to matter, dude. Like, you're going to go up sixteen. So unless you're going to let up a touchdown, two-point two conversion, onside kick, touchdown, two-point conversion, and go to overtime in a minute 30. Like, I guess it's possible. But uh, run that damn touchdown in. Yeah. Stop, Do it for stop, the fans. Stop like, yeah, stop, stop acting like that. <laughs> um, all right. We do have a massive UFC card this weekend. So, I want to touch on one thing, oh, college football, real quick. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I just want to – I want to play something back from our Tuesday episode. Oh, gosh. Um. I'm not, you know, I'm not one to pat myself on the back. Oh, here we go. By, by any means. Yeah, but you're about to play a sound clip of yourself. I just, just gonna play a little clip here from the Tuesday touchback. Uh, so just give this guy, just give this a listen. At plus 28, I'm just gonna go over 52 and a half here. Uh, I you suggested that to me earlier. I was dead set on pit plus 28, but I'll be damned if Clemson comes out and wins this game like 42 to you know 10. I'll be real pissed that I took pit plus 28. So, uh, so yeah, there I said, um, if you, if you guys didn't hear it, um, I said, I said, I would be real pissed if Clemson came out and won that game 42 to 10. So we suggested taking over 52, buying the half point from 52 and a half down to 52. Um, I don't know if you got to see the final score of the game or not. Um, but I believe I, I think it was forty-two to ten, if I'm not mistaken. Well, if you're if you're making this big of a production, <laughs> I'm going to assume that it was forty-two to ten. Oh man, what a that that game! I watched the game. Uh, it was halfway through the third quarter, and Pitt had five passing yards, 
and Clemson had 56. Um, they literally rode Tyler Etienne the whole way throughout that game and their defensive line. But yeah, Clemson dominated 142 to 10. Uh, we'll cover this UFC card, and then I want to touch back on college football playoffs, some early bowl lines, um, just stuff to look forward to. But yeah, UFC this weekend. We have the Holloway Ortega fight, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going to give. I don't want to give picks, but I do want to just break down a fight or two off of this card. Get your initial reactions. Um. So, Jimmy Manoa versus Tiago Santos a fight that was scheduled to be a main event uh, earlier in the year, but, uh, you know, Manuel had to pull out uh, at the last second. So what uh, what do you think of it when it comes to the poster boy here going up against Maheta? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Manoa here because of just the fact that he beats everybody that he's supposed to beat. Um and he needs this fight. But he, is he is he supposed to beat Tiago Santos? Well, that's the I thing, mean, as I don't know if he is or not. And Santos right. is trending upwards. Uh, you know, he's got himself a nice little streak here. He's looked real good as of late. And uh, Manoa does not have the world's strongest chin. And I think, uh, I guess the question becomes, how quick can Santos get out there and get those legs working and get those kicks going? And then eventually touch Manawa. I mean, because he's going to have to do it before Manawa can hit him because everybody knows Jimmy Manawa's got one punch knockout power. So, I mean, how do you see this one playing out? I think if the Tiago Santos that showed up against Eric Anders shows up, I think he walks away with the victory here. And it, like you said, it, it's about how early he gets the legs going. Um, that dude can chop down oak trees. That's with what those I'm saying. Legs. It's unreal. Like, there's no doubt. It's no. There's no doubt about that, man. That's that's one of the you know. I, no way. Like people, you know. Oh, I don't want to get punched. In, I don't want to get kicked. Like I take one of those kicks to the thigh and I'm done. I'm yeah. down on the ground. I'm you know in the fetal position. Yeah. If if he can get the legs going early and he can keep you know his distance using his kicks, I think that he'll win this fight. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, you know, they started releasing the embedded videos, so we got to see how everybody's weight cuts going and everything else. Uh, but weight cut no more. We've got Joanna. I, I, it doesn't feel right calling her Joanna champion anymore um, until she wins a belt back. But she's taken on Valentina Shevchenko for the vacant women's flyweight title that was stripped from Nico Montagna. So... I think that Shevchenko is going to be too big for her. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree with you in this. Um, I think Shevchenko is just going to bully her around. I really do. Yeah, I think so too. I just I think she, I think she's just too physically imposing. Um, you know, Joanna had a hard time pushing Rose around. I don't know what I don't know what the hell she's going to do fighting uh, Shevchenko. Here's the other thing too, and I I can't presume to know what she does you know, from day to day. And I don't, and I've said this before on the show, I don't think that a fighter should absolutely live in a gym. Uh, you know, obviously they have to have lives, but you know, you is super active on social media and she's always like posting, like she's either, you know, where someplace doing something non-workout related, which is fine. Or she's 
doing some sort of like strength and conditioning, um, like exercise. So like, is she at the point now where she like, we just feel like we've got the, uh, you know, the actual fighting portion of the career, like, you know, buttoned up and squared away. I, I'm just, I'm wondering how much actual like fighting she's doing or, or sparring or anything like that. Or is she just doing like a, like a Robbie Lawler thing where like Lawler doesn't spar anymore because he doesn't, he said it, it, it doesn't benefit him at all. Is, I mean, you think that's what we're dealing with here or just, we don't see it or what do you think? I, I, I have no idea, but I agree when you were, uh, you know, when you were building up to that, I was going to cut you off and say, it's like, she's in a different country every single day. Yeah. She's all, it's, it, you're right. It doesn't, I'm sure she's training. Like I'm not going to take anything away from her. She's a world-class athlete, but it does seem like, you know, she's making 15 to 20 posts a day and it's, she's always out doing something or I, I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird, especially with a fight coming up. Right. Most people go into like a zero dark 30 kind of thing uh, with fights coming up, but we're less than a week out and she's still putting up 10 posts a day, 15 posts a day. And it's always like, and they might be older pictures too. You never know. But like, should we stand there like eat an ice cream cone, holding a balloon? Like what? Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Anyway, all right. She needs. She needs to go zero dark twenty three. Zero dark twenty three. <laughs> Listen, if she's got a fan club, I'll send her a copy of the Godfather book. Right, the book because everybody read the book. Um, for those of you guys, I, you guys might not get that. We're making fun of LeBron James. Oh no, they uh, got it. They're, they're, okay, <laughs> just I'm just making sure. Oh no, they know. They know what they know what the deal is. Um, all right. So Max Holloway coming off of a huge layoff after concussion-like symptoms pulled him out of the last time this fight was booked. He's going up against the undefeated Brian Ortega. Is the blessed era going to continue a little bit longer, or is Ortega going to take this take the spell from him? This is tough, man. Um, I don't, I don't want to make a pick on this fight. I really don't. I wouldn't be mad if either one of these guys won. I think they're both extremely entertaining to watch. Um, yeah, I... I I don't want to make a pick on this. I just want to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, if if it would be easier for me to make a pick if Ortega was fighting anybody other than Max Holloway, I happen to like Max Holloway. I think he's a little cheesy. Uh, you know, definitely make you cringe a little bit when he starts trying to like, you know, smack talk or you know, act, get his little Muhammad Ali act going on. But he seems to be a genuine, like really good dude. Um, and he's young, he's exciting. He finishes fights. He's what that division needs as far as champions go. But Brian Ortega is an absolute monster man. And he really, really, I think believes that like, this is his moment. Uh, it's going to be fireworks on Friday night for sure. I'm, I don't know what to expect if I'm being completely transparent about it. I don't know what to expect. I don't know. Nobody knows what was wrong with Max Holloway besides the concussion like symptoms. So what, what does that mean? You know what I mean? What, what, what's he going to look like come way in time? Um, I did see though, that they got Renato Moicano geared up and waiting in the wings to fill in for either one of these guys. Should they, uh, fall out, come, uh, fight week. So this week or miss weight or anything like that. Moicano is going to cut weight and do the whole nine with everybody. 
that in the event that Max Holloway gets pulled or Ortega gets pulled, he's just going to fill right in. So they're the first time I've heard of them going to such extensive lengths to make sure that there's a title fight uh, or rather that the, you know, this title fight happens. Normally they just scrap it, promote the co-main domain and go from there. But they really want to see that featherweight belt get defended one way or another. So should be interesting for sure. I'm going to wait and see the lines on stuff before I make a, before I make a selection on something. So what are you thinking um, college football playoff wise? Okay. So, you know, obviously we've got bowl season coming up. Um, just some early lines. I was looking through uh, stuff that I, that I like already. Um, the Las Vegas bowl, you've got Arizona state plus four and a half against Fresno. I like Arizona state getting four and a half in that game. Uh, in the Boca Raton bowl, uh, I like UAB minus one against NIU. Um, we'll get into some bigger games here. Let's see. So West Virginia, Syracuse. This one's interesting to me. Um, West Virginia is coming in at minus seven right now. Will Greer, who I don't know if he's going to play. He still hasn't announced if he's going to play. He is a senior. Uh, I don't think he needs to. I don't think he can raise his draft stock anymore. Um, the only thing he can do is lower it by getting hurt. Um, so I don't know if Will Greer is going to play in this game. The over under on, on, over under on that is seventy four and a half. Uh, I know Dungy is questionable. He might play. If Greer and Dungy both play in this game, I love the over 74 and a half in this. Both these teams are going to drop 40 plus points. Um, if they don't play. If they don't play, then yeah, pound the under. Well, that's what you said. You said if they oh, don't no, I mean, play. No, I mean, if Greer and Dungy both play, okay. I love the Okay. If they don't, then take the under. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if they both announce that they're you know they're not playing, I fully expect that under to drop closer to sixty points. Even then, though, you don't think it'll be a thing where they'll come out play like three series and then you know take the helmet off and go sit down? No, I, I think if if Greer's going to play, Greer's going to play. He's going to play the whole game. All right. Um, Michigan, Florida, that'll be a good one. We got Michigan coming in at minus seven and a half. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards Florida in this one for the fact that Michigan does have four guys uh, starting defenders that have already announced that they will not be playing and going to the draft. Um, so you take away their best unit in defense, and that opens up the game for Florida. Um, so getting into the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day games, Oklahoma-Alabama. Alabama's coming in at minus 14. Um, I like over in this. Do you know what do you know what the over under is? I do not. Take a guess. Oh 64. 79 and a half. I Golly. like the over. I think, dude, if two is healthy, Bama's gonna score fifty. There there I that Oklahoma defense is not gonna stop. I Tua Tua and company might score every single drive. And I truly believe that. Uh that Oklahoma defense, man, is it bad? Um and obviously when Tua is healthy, Alabama's offense is unbelievable. So over 79 and a half, I'm looking at that. Notre Dame Clemson. I kind of like Notre Dame to keep this within 11 and a half here. Um, I think Ian Book will be able to exploit somewhat of a leaky secondary that Clemson has. Um, I think it'll be enough to keep it within 11 and a half. Uh, what else? Let's see. 
Ohio State, Washington, Ohio State opened at minus three and a half. They're up to minus five already, and we're a month away from that game. So that they're getting pounded right now. Um, and then you've got Texas, Georgia, Georgia coming in at minus 11, over under 58. I like the under 58 in that. Um, but for my predictions, I'm going to, you know, I think Bama beats Oklahoma. And I think Clemson beats Notre Dame. And I think we're going to have an Alabama Clemson for the third time in four years. Um, <laughs> as much as Bama versus Clemson's getting old, the Tua and Trevor Lawrence factor brings a little bit of fresh blood to this rivalry. Um, I still think Alabama wins the national championship, obviously. And that 100% depends on Tua's availability. But Nick Saban says that he believes Tua is going to be fine. You know, he's got a month. Um, It'll be interesting, but as of right now, I say Bama versus Clemson. Bama, I think, will win that game by double digits. Um, Now to Georgia, I think Georgia was the only team that has a legitimate shot at beating Alabama, and I think it has a lot to do with Kirby Smart and his, you know, um, his familiar. Oh my goodness, he's familiar with them. Yes, he is familiar with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and stumble over it. No, go ahead, do he, it. He's no. what with them? He you know, his him being familiar with uh Alabama <laughs> and with Nick Saban. Um Jake Fromm had the game of his career, which was ruined by a fourth and eleven fake punt at the fifty yard line when Bama threw a three four defense out there. They weren't even in punt return or pump block. That should have been a timeout. It should have been audibled out of um but Fromm played amazing. Swift and Holyfield looked good. The defense looked good. Um, I think Georgia was the best best bet to beat Bama. But now that they're not in it, I think that Bama's going to roll to a national championship. Uh, we shall see. Uh, let's look at um, heading into uh, Friday's show. Let's look at some lines in which maybe – Give us an opportunity to hedge on a uh, on a national championship game, perhaps like uh, taking Oklahoma to win the national championship now, and then even if they were to somehow win against Bama, maybe we can hedge depending on who they play or something like that. Let's if, see, if we we can't get creative with it. If I was going to take any team to win the national championship as a dog, I would be taking Notre Dame because they're going to give you they're going to give you enough odds that come national championship, you're going to be able to hedge and make a decent bit of money. Um, If you took Clemson, eh, you're not going to get great return on investment on that one. Um, But if you take Notre Dame, you're going to get good enough odds. And I think they do have a chance. I think they have a better chance to beat Clemson than Oklahoma does to beat Alabama. So I would go Notre Dame. um, I don't know what their odds are right now. Um Let's see, to win national championships. And Notre Dame, okay, Notre Dame and Oklahoma are both coming in at plus 1,200. Um, like I said, I think Notre Dame has a better chance to beat Clemson than Oklahoma does to beat Alabama. So I would take Notre Dame. Bama's coming in at minus 300. Mm, I, I don't like even I said, know if that's – Think yeah, about I it. I don't even know if it's let's, worth it. Yeah, let's think about it because things might change too. So just look right. at it. But um, as yeah, far as that goes, look at it. Would you just look at it? Just look at it. <laughs> just look at it. Let's just 
pull it out and look at. Um, all right. That does it for the Tuesday touchback, man, unless you got anything else. Uh, the only thing I got is look into the Rams minus three against the Bears this weekend, guys. Uh, that's the opening line. I expect that to go up. Rams are on the road at Soldier Field, but it's Trubisky's first game back. Might be a little rust taking two weeks off. Um, if something were to happen where he can't go and it's Chase Daniels, this will jump up to probably 10. So this is banking on Trubisky coming back. The minus three is. Are they in Chicago? Um, where are they at? Yes, they're in Chicago. Okay, that makes more sense. All right. Right. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. And if you feel confident enough on it now, you can go ahead and throw something on it now while the line is what it is and ride that lightning and hope, you know, that uh, either Trubisky looks like shit or he takes another takes some more time off. You never know. So, but, all right, I'm putting a bow on it. It's over with. Tuesday touchback, done. See everybody on Friday. As always, guys, clear eyes, full fist, can't lose. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.